Hi, and welcome to BizQuick. I'm Julie. And I'm Corey. And on today's show, we have Dwight Heck out of Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. And Dwight is a financial guru from Give a Heck Financial. Welcome, Dwight. That's right. You're listening to BizQuick. This is where Julie and Corey provide quick and useful information to small business owners. BizQuick is the podcast where small business owners get to showcase their businesses and receive expert advice and guidance in areas many entrepreneurs struggle with. And you, the listener, get solutions, tips, and tricks on real-world topics that many small business owners face. Julie and Corey are the experts small businesses hire when they need solutions. And the BizQuick podcast is just one way they deliver those solutions. Let's start the show. Good day. How are you today? Great. Thanks for joining us. Yeah. Thanks, Dwight. You're welcome. Thanks for the invite. Yeah. So why don't you just go ahead and start off by uh, giving us a, a quick overview of your business and you know just kind of how you got to where you are. Okay. Um, I've been in financial education, planning, and sales for the last 18 years. I got involved in financial services prior. I owned an IT consulting firm um, for nine years and I had some severe health issues. And from there I pivoted into financial services. I got approached in 2002 to get into financial services saying, you know, we understand you have some health issues and this might be a perfect fit to help your family and you out. Um, we understand that, you know, you're living a life of quiet desperation as a single parent struggling to pay your bills and we think we can help you out. But because of your relationship skills and your tenacity, we'd really like you to be able to get into our industry. So once we help you with your skills, um, you'd be able to go out and help other families and businesses learn the rules of the money game. So that they don't have to, you know, struggle and live in a world of quiet desperation. So 18 years ago, I did that. I took a leap of faith and went from one industry, which was IT computer consulting into financial services and started a mantra, which I've been following now for 18 years, where I help people live life on purpose, not by accident. That's that's quite a jump right there going from IT into finance. Uh, and we know plenty of people who are afraid to leave their current career for a similar career at a different company. Um, so can you, can you tell us about how you, what, what that was like and, and how you were able to make that transition? It was terrifying <laughs> at first. It was really it was. terrifying. I went from, you know, making a six figure income and struggling and living with more months than money like many people do, not understanding the rules of the money game to all of a sudden, um, you know, go from IT consulting where now I'm having all these people stare at me as, you know, the person that's got the answers to help them pass their, you know, struggles and their, their tribulations. It was really scary. So I went from a six-figure income and then the first year of this of finance, I made, because they're commission-based, right? I made $8,000. So it was an extreme struggle. Um, so I, I was licensed September of 2002. September of 2003, I've made like $8,000. But I'm a tenacious person. I'm the type of person that no matter what it is, and you, you made a valid point, it is a complete 180 from being an IT consultant to getting into finance and insurance. So I ended up, 
I'm just a tenacious person. I always, I never give up. I want to learn. So from October of 2003 till March of 2004, I went from that 8,000 and I made over $140,000 in that very short period of time. And it wasn't because all of a sudden I just became an expert. It's because um, I learned who to use. And that's the biggest thing when you're in small business. You need to understand the associations you have and the people that are in your lives are so imperative for you to succeed because you can't know it all. And when you think you know it all, that's when you, you starve. You literally not just financially starve, you're mentally starving because you think you've arrived or that all of a sudden, oh, you had one, a couple um, good days. But if you don't have associations and connections to continue to pivot and educate yourself, not just on, on your services that you offer, like in regards to me, financial planning, you know, with investing in ins- and in, uh, insurance, I had to continue to associate with people that helped me develop my, my people skills my six inches between my ears. Um, so it was so imperative that we learn to continue to pivot when we're changing into a new career to build relationships with people that are within our sphere of, of what we want for knowledge. And to always realize that even our knowledge that we get is never stopping. It's going to always continue to grow. So you want to make sure that you have those associations in small business. So that's, that's basically what I did is I made some great associations and I haven't stopped 18 years later. I still work on my, on my personal self and because my clients deserve it. Right. That personal development is so important. And I think that's really one of the, you, you hit on one of the keys of being a really good leader is admitting that you don't know everything and that you're still learning Um, I think a lot of people tend to think that leaders know everything, but the really strong leaders admit that they don't. So thank you for for calling that out. I have a question about your your mantra, the, you know, helping people live a life on purpose. Can you just, can you tell us and our listeners what that means to you? Well, what it means to me and how I came up with, you know, helping people live life on purpose, not by accident is, and I'll try not to get emotional about this because it still triggers me. So many people, whether they're married, divorced, single parents, you know, maybe they have no kids, maybe they're just a single individual, don't understand the rules of the money game. So they don't understand money coming in and money going out. And all of a sudden, two, three weeks into the month, they're living, they've lived a, a, a more month than they have money. And the money runs out and they live on credit cards, lines of credit. They have, you know, in my circumstance, my kids had extracurricular activities that needed to be paid for. I had a mortgage to pay for, um, you know, just your general life expenses. So I'd had, even though I was making a six figure income, I was just at a higher level of broke because my expenses were my family and I, and that quiet desperation would set in. And I felt like I was, always on a hamster wheel. Right. So sorry. It's just just a matter of, right. Helping people live life on purpose and not by accident is a serious thing. Yeah, it really isn't in, you know, thank you for, for sharing that. That's clearly brings up a lot of like really like tough memories that, um, but, you know, kudos to you for getting through that and understanding, um, 
that you just, you had to keep moving and that there was an opportunity to treat, to teach other people. Cause I think that's, that's a huge thing, right? Like it gets lost on people that you, you've learned something and you've learned it the hard way. And now you have this um, opportunity or in some cases, even an obligation to help other people understand that. So, um, you know, thank you for that. No problem. And, and I, I can definitely relate somewhat, um, you know, because I, I, uh, spent a uh, majority of my adult life living hand to mouth, uh, primarily by choice because I was just working jobs that didn't pay well, but I was having fun and having too much fun. But, you know, I only had me to count on. So I was only concerned about um, myself. I didn't have kids or anything. So that wasn't that wasn't a concern. But, you know, I eventually got myself, you know, to the point where I actually had a savings account and, and all of that. Uh, it took time and, and, you know, it wasn't something that happened overnight. So, like, what did you do to get yourself, you know, essentially out of that hole and, you know, back on top and living, you know, your life on purpose? Well, what did I do? I needed to. So when I first got introduced into the, uh, into the industry, one of the things that nobody had ever done with me before. So I'm in my thirties at this time, right? Five kids. And nobody had ever sat down and said to me, do you understand what budgeting is? And when I heard that word initially budgeting, I literally cringed, right? Because that's the, that's the thing that society makes you think is a bad thing. And when in reality, living life on purpose is about budgeting. It's understanding if you bring in a dollar and you spend a dollar 40, you're going to have more months than money, right? So you need to understand I got control of my life because somebody sat me down first and foremost before budging. They said, let's, what's your goals? What do you want to achieve? Where, where are you looking at, you know, three months from now, three weeks from now, do you understand how, how money works? Do you understand how taxation works? Do you understand, um, you know, if something happens to you tomorrow, where will your kids be at? Would they be okay? So they taught me some goal things, which I've, taken way past that over the last 18 years that I work with my clients. So I find out where their headset, like, pardon me, their head, their heads at or their six inches. And I goal set with them. And most times you find out that they're that person spending a dollar or part of me spending a dollar 40 and only bringing in a dollar. And then we advance on to that into getting into budgeting. I can spend anywhere from three to five appointments, anywhere ranging from two to three hours just getting past those first two stages of helping people goal set, helping them budget and understand where they are at so they can have a clear picture. And, it, and, and it's, it is, it's harsh reality. It was a harsh reality for me to realize I wasn't living life on purpose. So for me, the goal setting and the budgeting were huge. It made it so that I realized where I wasn't taking things serious. Even so give you an example, even spending on a birthday for a kid, what do we normally do when we buy presents for anybody? We just go out and spend. We don't think to the fact, well, my budget's a dollar. I'm spending a dollar 40. Maybe I should fit my needs, my life within that dollar. And, you know, I needed to learn stuff like that. And I had no savings. Um, I had to learn that I needed to start saving before spending, right? Um, that's one of the biggest success principles for most people is they need to learn to set aside Let's say you're making a dollar, you set 10% aside savings immediately and you learn how to budget and live off 90% or 90 cents, if that makes any sense. So that's how I took control of my life. And I'm not saying it's easy, but if you have the right coach, you have the right person in your corner, 
it is actually easier than people think. I just do it on a simple spreadsheet. And the goal setting is a fold out that I've developed where you just literally, I help people learn how to goal set. And I write down what they tell me. And we have a conversation. We build that relationship of trust, if that makes any sense. It does. Um, is that where you start with your clients is on the goals and, and what they want to achieve? Absolutely. Because if, if I don't know where their headspace is at, it's impossible to help them achieve anything. So outside of saving and, and you know, just setting that budget, um, do you help people like, especially like, I mean, do you help small business owners or, or anybody who like they're trying to, to grow? So we're all not only setting a goal of, I want this much in the bank, but like, how do I get to that goal? Well, yeah, of course, especially small business people, they tend to, you know, most small business owners um, fall within a category. I don't know if you've ever heard heard of a book called Cashflow Quadrant by Robert Kiyosaki. Um, Robert Kiyosaki labels people in four different quadrants. And the left side of the quadrant is basically employee and self-employed mentality. So most small business owners are self-employed people. They're people that were really good at their job. Let's say I'll use a mechanic for an example, because I have a lot of clients like that. And they're making, let's say, $25 an hour. And they see the fact that their boss is billing them out at 100 bucks an hour, and he's making all this extra money. But what they've never been trained through school or through life is the fact that overhead to run a business is, real, is a real thing. Now, all of a sudden, you have to have a brick and mortar location as a mechanic. You got to buy all this equipment. Maybe you have to put a lift in. Maybe you have to, uh, all of a sudden, you're not really a person that understands bookkeeping. You're not a person that understands inflows and outflows of money. So you don't really have, here's what my overhead cost is. Here's what I'm billing at. Here's the difference. That difference is going to pay, um, you know, me. And I find a lot of self-employed people actually, when they look at them, all they've done is bought themselves a job. So at their job, making $25 an hour, working 40 hours a week, now they own their own business. Then they're working 60, 70 hours a week because um, they have to show up all the time. And if they're lucky enough to have, let's say five, 10 staff, and one of them calls in sick and they have a day off, guess what they have to do? They have to go into work, right? If they, if they want to have a little bit more time with family, they got to trade some, something. So they got to trade some of their time. They got to take, take some of their money from the company, hire somebody else. So now they're making less. And I find a lot of business owners, because of their lack of knowledge and coaching and mentorship, they actually make less money. They have, most of them have no benefits. And some small businesses help set up their benefits once they get to a point where they understand the rules of the money game and how to run a small business. But most of them have no benefits, whereas at a job they had benefits for their family and themselves. And they just can't, they're scratching out a living and really they don't realize it. They've taken out loans against their houses. Uh, I've seen it time and time again, right? All of a sudden now they personally guarantee things. They have a risk. So they can't just say, oh, two years later, this doesn't work out. I'm going to walk away from it because they put themselves in a uh, very precarious situation where they can lose their assets, right? Their house or whatever the case may be, because they have no real value except their skill. So they'll personally sign to get money to start up these businesses, which can cost hundreds of thousands of dollars, right? So small businesses, just like a personal person, need to learn how to goal set. They need to understand budgeting. They need to understand 
what do I need to sell my services for to cover overhead of my staff and my buildings and my equipment and what's left over for me before they even go and do it. But nobody does that for them. The banks don't care. The banks have what they call a cost profit benefits analysis. They do that in the U S and Canada because I've trained in Canada and the U S as well. And you know, they just, too many people are just about the numbers. They're not about the relationship to ensure that the numbers make sense so that we tell this person, hey, maybe you should just stay at your job. Are you, unless you're willing to do all this, right, that we list down, unless you're willing to do all this, you're just going to end up um, owning a job. You bought yourself a job. And that's why I mentioned that something that your listeners can look into is it is, it's called the cash flow quadrant by Robert Kiyosaki. And it talks about the mindset of people going from employee to self-employed. They're really not entrepreneurs. They just bought themselves a job because in order to be an entrepreneur, it just doesn't happen because you call yourself an entrepreneur. You have to put in the, the, the pounding of the pavement. You have to put in the work. You have to have associations of people. Let's say they took them 10 years to get their entrepreneurship up and running. Maybe you're lucky enough they'll help you for nothing or they'll charge you a small fee and they'll help you collapse timeframes to do it in three, four years. Right. So that's entrepreneurs need to help entrepreneurs to be an entrepreneur, if that makes sense. Right. Otherwise, you're just a person that bought yourself a job. And I, that may sound, it may be harsh, but I've been there. Right. Bought myself a job, worked more hours than everybody else, had health issues because of it. That's what I was in the IT industry. Right. I just I was really good at what I did, started my own consulting firm. But I really didn't understand, again, the rules of the money game, not even just on a personal level, a business level. So um Business owners need to realize that you just can't, you know, turn key, walk in, and it's just going to run. You got to put in some effort, and it's going to affect your personal finances just as much as your uh, business stuff. We're going to take a quick break now and learn about Winnie Socks. And if you're looking for that last minute gift for Christmas, you should check out Winnie Socks. Kara's going to tell you all about it. Hi, I'm Kara Brunetta, the founder of Winnie Slipper Socks, based in New Hampshire. If you love wearing thick, cozy slipper socks, but you get frustrated every time you have to take them off to go outside, now you don't. With Winnie slipper socks, you can wear them indoors or outdoors, so feet stay cozy, socks stay clean. To learn more, visit winniesocks.com. Thanks, Kara. And all of that information will be in our show notes, so check those out. Now back to the show. That's such an interesting, um, uh, I'll say, thought process or direction where you're thinking about, like, you know, you bought yourself, you know, a job rather than you've started a business. I'm not sure that I've ever heard anybody say that before, mm-hmm. but I'm, what I'm curious about is, do you, do most of your clients, are you working with them before they've actually bought themselves a job or started a business or after, and they're coming to you when they're already in it? Well, I've, in the first, I don't know how many years I could say, maybe the first seven, eight years, I was hearing from people, they were referred to me, or I'd have somebody reach out because somebody had, you know, mentioned my name, and usually it was too late. They were already in the process. Um, Very few get a hold of somebody ahead of time because all they see is numbers. So they see the boss charging $100 an hour for mechanical services. They're only getting paid 25. They don't see the forest for the trees. They don't see the logic behind running a business. And they jump into it with both feet, right? They literally do. And I've seen it time and time again. And my goodness, I wish they would reach out to me because 
I don't charge for my, my services. Why don't I charge for them? Eventually I will monetize them because I'm pivoting my business to do, to do this on a, on a global basis because it doesn't matter where you live. You need to understand how to live life on purpose. But it, initially I have contact with people and I help them because if I help them understand what they need to do, here's one of two things is going to happen. If a person reached out to me and said, I want to run this business and we have a, a serious talk about it and I make them do some legwork and research and they end up deciding to stay at their job, there's nothing wrong with that. Stay at your job, but then you still need to learn to live life on purpose. So let's goal set. Let's teach how to budget so you can live a better life for what you're making at $25 an hour. And, oh, well, okay, so you have figured this out. Let, you know, you can do it successfully. We can get a business going. It makes sense. This is what your profit margin is going to be, your ROR on your effort, and you're willing to do it, you know, the time um, sacrifice from your family, it, they understand it, you understand it, you know, here's our goal of three to five years, this is what you're going to accomplish. Um, so, you know, it doesn't really matter what, what you're dealing with when it comes to a person going out and dealing with it. I, I just, they need to get a hold of somebody. <laughs> That's what a bottom line works out to. And I've had a few do it and it's worked successfully, but most don't. They just, they see numbers, they see cash, they see, oh, geez, I can make, you know, the, the owner of this business, I could make that kind of money, but they don't see any of the back end to it. They go to the wrong people for advice, which are banks, right? I'm not a big fan of banks because their bottom line is to make money. They don't really, they don't educate or teach you. They take you through a couple simplistic processes. Oh, you, you've never owned a business before? What, what are your assets? Oh, I own a house. What's the equity in the house? Oh, it's a $300,000 house. I got 200,000 equity in it. Okay, well, let's borrow against your house so you can get a business operating line of credit or a loan. And here, press hard three copies. Now you're personally liable for the failure of your business against your house. Or they don't, right? They don't really say or the success of your business. They're always telling you, you know, the doom and gloom, obviously. Whereas I'm telling you both sides of the equation so that you can make an educated decision as best as possible because really education goes so far, numbers go so far. Our final thought processes are always between our six inches. They're always emotionally based more than they are logic. So I hope I can do a good enough job for those that have reached out to me. Those that reach out to me after the fact, sometimes it's too late. Sometimes I can help them, but in more cases than not, by the time they reach out, it's already desperation and it's honestly, it's too late. And I really appreciate what you're talking about, uh, convincing people to not start their own business. I was in restaurants for years and I don't know how many people I hopefully talked out of opening their own restaurant because they like to go to restaurants. They see all the people in restaurants. They think they know about all the money going through restaurants they have no idea what it's like to run one, to own one. And the only barrier to entry is money. That's the only thing you need to open a restaurant. You don't need a certification. Well, you do need at least one. But, you know, there's, there's very little that you have to do to open a restaurant. And it's one of those things where I, I tell people all the time, like, if it's not in your blood, you don't want to do it. And, and hopefully, I, you know, those people I talk to, they didn't because right now they definitely be hurting. Um, but if let's say I'm dead set on starting my own business. What would be one piece of advice that you would give me to what would be the best piece of advice? Let's say that, that you could give me to ensure that I am successful. 
Uh, the best piece of advice I guess I could give you if you're going to want to start up your own business is facts, knowledge. You have to put in the legwork and, and actually research it. Don't be afraid to go out and talk to the type of business person that you want to be and talk to them. You know, obviously you might be able, not be able to talk to the people you work with because you could lose your job if they find out that you're going to go hang your shingle and become their competition. Yeah. But you can certainly reach out to enough people, you know, open up, I guess kind of antiquated, but the yellow pages, you can do it online, find out who's in your sector or what you're looking at doing now, do it electronically and ask those tough questions. You know, I really appreciate um, a conversation with you. I'm interested in starting up in this industry myself, right? And if you want to make it easier on yourself, do it in a, do it on the other side of where you live. Like in our city of 1.2 million people, go, I live on the Southeast side, go to the Northeast side. That person's not going to find you as being a competition for them. And there might be more willing to answer your questions and, and ask those tough questions. What was your, your biggest struggle in the first five years of your business? Questions like that. So you have to go to 10 people to get two, three answers. Are you willing to put in the legwork? That's my biggest piece of advice. If you're not willing to put in the legwork and go ask questions and go talk to maybe a CPA or a bookkeeper, somebody that's taken um, numbers down, let's say you use your example, Corey, of the restaurant. And as a side note, I did own one for about a year and a bit, and I don't talk about it a lot, but you're right. It is. <laughs> it's brutal. Um <laughs> <laughs> but bottom line, you have to be able to put in the legwork and you have to go out and build relationships and realize you're going to get rejected from some people. They don't want to tell other ones are going to be wanting to tell you everything because they feel your, they feel their pain they went through. They don't want you to go through that pain, right? So you got to do the legwork. Once you find out all that information, then think about the fact of the rest of it. How am I going to finance this? right? What kind of time am I going to put in, right? Because when they talk to that business owner and ask them what the biggest struggles are, it's going to be money. I guarantee it, it's going to be money. That's the number one thing that, that causes quiet desperation is the money portion of it, not the time away from the family, because all families want their, they want to have success, obviously, for their, for their mom, their dad, mom and dad together starting the business, they're willing to sacrifice, you got to, you got to communicate that, but first and foremost, know what you're doing before you even put in, you know, any legwork to getting money to finding locations, whatever the case may be, you have to know what you're getting into. You, and it's not like you can go and you can Google now a million different things. You know, what's it like to own a restaurant? What's it like to own a mechanic shop? What it's, what's it like to, um, you know, do whatever you would like to do, but you're only going to get so much information and when you read stuff, doesn't matter what it is, the context of what you're reading and the knowledge you get, doesn't matter what knowledge you're getting, is always based on where you're at in your headspace. So if you're super excited about starting a business, you're not necessarily going to read between the lines and see all the issues that could be there, if that makes sense, right? So we need to realize that we need to put in the proper legwork. We need to communicate with people because then you hear their tonality, you hear how they communicate, you can see their body language. Whereas if you just read a, a review on what it's like to own a restaurant, you're reading it based on your excitement level, not based on the knowledge and logic of that that person's only putting a few details 
all the things in between the lines of the struggles aren't there. So if you're going to do the research, do the legwork, go and talk to people face to face, whether it's through zoom or offering to buy them a coffee. Right. Hey, hey, John. Hey, Sally, you have this restaurant. I'd really like to buy you a coffee or whatever. If you could give me some time, I want to make sure that I understand exactly the repercussions, good and bad of starting up my own business. And I don't want it to harm my family. So if you make it personal too, when you're communicating with somebody and asking them information about how they did their business, if they're a family person and they understand the struggle they went through, you'd be shocked how many of them want to help you and give you advice so that you don't put your family, what they potentially put their family through. Not to say that they aren't successful because you'll find a lot of them, but they'll also tell you that the grind was real. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's great advice. Um, well, we've reached that time where we have to start wrapping up. So um, first, thanks again for joining us. And can you tell our listeners how they can find you? Best place to find me is go to my website. It's www.giveaheck.com. Again, I'll say that again, www.giveaheck.com. And it's just spelled like it is. That is my last name, Heck. And uh, yeah, that's where you can find me. All my social media links are in there. You can check out my about section. Um, The website will be changing over the next three weeks here again um, and become more of a portal. So when you do go to giveaheck.com, you'll see connections to my coaching business, um, my finance, as well as my speaking business and stuff that I've been working and developing on through COVID here because I've been rebranding and repivoting how I want to do things because it's now that my kids are all growing up, I want to reach more people. I want to make more of a difference. Perfect. And we will put uh, how people can find you in our show notes. So thank you. And thanks to our listeners for tuning in. And you can connect with us on social media. We're on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And you can also find out information about uh, this podcast, our business, everything else on sbpace.com and bizquickpodcast.com. And while you're out there surfing around on the internet, go ahead and subscribe to our podcast and give us a like and a review. We live for feedback. And while you're doing that, reach out to us about any topics you might want to hear. Let us know what you want to know. And if you want to be on the podcast, we're happy to talk to you about that as well. Additionally, we have a book out. It's called Seriously, Now What? A Small Business Guide to Disaster Preparedness. It's available on Amazon, and you can find details about it on our site as well. I'm Julie. And I'm Corey. And this was BizQuick, helping small businesses across America and Canada.